Hello, and welcome to Veterinary Vertex, a podcast of the AVMA Journals. I'm Lisa Fortier, Editor-in-Chief of the AVMA Journals, and today I'm joined by co-host and our social media editor for the AVMA Journals, Dr. Sarah Wright. We are bringing you a special episode with our guest, Dr. Brennan McKenzie from Cellular Longevity Incorporated. We're going to talk about his June 2022 JAVMA and HAVR Currents One Health Manuscripts, the phenotype of aging in the dog, how aging impacts the health and well-being of dogs and their caregivers, and comparative veterinary geroscience, mechanism of molecular, cellular, and tissue aging in humans, laboratory animal models, and companion dogs and cats. Dr. McKenzie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. All right, let's dive right in. Brennan, you have an interesting path to veterinary medicine, starting a bit later than many of your peers. Tell me, what passions brought you to where you are today? Well, I think like most veterinarians, of course, it all started with a love of animals and wanting to work directly with animals. For me, that initially took the form of wanting to do field behavior research. I was lucky enough as an undergraduate to work with pinnipeds, with elephant seals in California and Australian sea lions in Australia. And so I eventually moved on to do a master's degree in animal behavior, working with primates and aspired to be a primatologist. However, during the process of doing that work, I had the opportunity to uh, tag along with some veterinarians and I found what they did ticked all the boxes for me in a career. Uh, what, what veterinary medicine offers is something that is consistently intellectually challenging and offers opportunity for growth. It also, I think, is meaningful work that, that provides some value and gives back to the world. And it, frankly, provides a, a practical way to make a living, which is not always the case for primatology. So it, uh, it clearly fit all of the things that I was looking for. So then I went back to veterinary school. That's great. It's a very interesting background. My background is also actually in marine mammal medicine. So I definitely identify with starting with pinnipeds. You mentioned in your AJVR manuscript that there is no single consensus definition of aging. The same can be said for One Health. What does One Medicine mean to you and your company? Well, I think the core of One Health or One Medicine is that the health and well-being of humans and other animals are inextricably linked linked. And that is certainly the case with aging. Aging is a wonderful example of that. The underlying mechanisms of aging that cause the changes that we see as clinicians and that we experience in our own lives are highly conserved across species. So there is a, an obvious connection in that many we all age in very much the same way. So understanding aging in one species gives us insight into how aging operates and its effects in other species. And of course, there's also the direct impact of the translational aspect of geroscience. If I understand aging and if I'm able, as I hope I will be, to develop therapies to reduce the negative health impacts of aging in dogs, that's going to have obvious implications for human welfare also. And that's certainly part of our aspirations as a company. And as a clinician, of course, I also see that aging in companion animals creates a burden for their human caregivers. And there's a psychological and a financial cost to having to care for uh, an unhealthy aged animal. And if I'm able to ameliorate the impact of aging on those companion animals, I'm also contributing to human welfare. So things are linked between those species at every level. That's fascinating, Brennan. Uh, you know, it's really that human animal bond is really powerful. I, I very much reflect what you say about how intriguing our careers as veterinarians. Every day is a school day and it's intellectually just super satisfying. Also what you're doing, the advancing of geriatric care and the pet, pets has a really strong potential to improve the quality of life for pets and owners. 
And I thank you for bringing this idea. You really helped me start this idea of Currents in One Health uh, through these uh, paired manuscripts. So thank you for that. It's really, it's really a great way to showcase all the wonderful things that we're doing as veterinarians about it. On this, sticking on the subject of One Health, what are your future ideas to enhance the integration of a One Health approach into veterinary geroscience? Well, I'm hoping that uh, if we are successful in, in developing tools to measure the impact of aging on the health of companion dogs, which is our primary focus, and then to use those tools to validate therapies that actually extend health span and lifespan in dogs, I think we'll accomplish several things. One, we'll improve the health of dogs, and that's, as a veterinarian, you know, very dear to my heart. But I think we'll also demonstrate that it is possible to treat aging as a risk factor for multiple diseases and as a modifiable risk factor. Too many of us, I think, still think of aging as inevitable and immutable. And if we're able to show that we can in fact improve health globally by targeting aging directly, I think that will change the game in human health as well as in veterinary medicine. So I think, I think our dogs provide us with not only a meaningful target for intervention in and of themselves because of their own welfare, but also as a wonderful translational model that could potentially have significant impacts on how we treat and manage aging humans. Hey, you kind of answered my next thought. How do you get owner and colleague buy-in into this concept that aging isn't inevitable? What's your elevator sales pitch to somebody to say why they should believe in the Brenna McKenzie approach to geroscience? Well, I think veterinarians are very aware of the concept of modifiable risk factors. We, we think of something like obesity that way. Obesity is something that you treat directly, but that has multiple health impacts in different domains. Obesity is a risk factor for neoplasia. It's a risk factor for arthritis. It's a risk factor for endocrine diseases like diabetes. So you are instead of isolating individual diseases and treating them separately, you're reducing an entire set of health problems by treating the underlying risk factor. And I don't think it's a big leap for people to view aging in the same way. I think part of the reason why veterinarians are not yet aware of this approach to aging is simply because the literature that shows us this is possible is mostly preclinical and laboratory animal literature. And that's just not something that is as directly pertinent to our clinical work as other kinds of, of research. So part of my goal with these, uh, with these publications was to make veterinarians aware that there is a robust literature on how aging works and how it is consistent across species that shows us that it's just biology. It's nothing mysterious. It's just a set of processes that we can understand. And then once we understand them, we can potentially intervene to alter the outcome. It sounds like there's fascinating work being performed in veterinary geroscience. How is veterinary medicine leading in the study of veterinary geroscience? I think that veterinary medicine has already led in the sense that much of the fundamental research in the field has been done in animal models and veterinarians have always been an intrinsic part of that research. I think we're at a point now where we're interested in moving from basic preclinical research to clinically applicable tools, diagnostic tools and therapies. And that is going to be easier to do in animals because of the time frame. It takes 
humans a lot longer to age than it does dogs, um, but dogs age in a very similar way and they share our environments, they share a well-developed healthcare system. So they are in many ways a perfect model for addressing aging in humans. And I think ultimately that's our long-term goal. I think veterinary medicine is going to be uh, inherently a leader in that because we're starting with companion animals and that's where the proof of concept and some of the basic tools are going to be developed. It sounds amazing. What is the clinical take-home message from your work that you would like other veterinarians to know? I think we touched on it already, which is that you should always think of aging as something that you can do something about. And, and while our tools are limited, we already have them. We have a wonderful collection of assessment tools for looking at things like pain and mobility and function and frailty for, for evaluating where individual animals are in the aging trajectory. And then that allows us to target interventions, palliative interventions such as analgesia, preventative interventions such as treating obesity. And we already know that some of the most effective therapies for reducing the risk of age-associated disease are managing healthy body weight, exercise, appropriate nutrition, appropriate preventative health care. And we already have all of those tools. So I think if we understand that what we're actually doing is treating aging when we employ those tools, I think we can do a lot of good for our geriatric patients now while we're in the process of developing more specific and more targeted diagnostic and therapeutic tools. Yeah, thank you, Brennan. I also look forward as an equine vet to see how this uh, emerges into the equine area. All those things are obviously true about every species. And I think, you know, every time you find a horse, you find a dog and you'll get, you'll get a lot of the equine people to come along uh, just naturally. On a little more personal side, what is the one thing we would never find Brenna McKenzie without? I would hope it would be a sense of curiosity. Uh, everything that I do is driven by the fact that I'm interested in so many different things. And moving into the field of geroscience has been a wonderful intellectual awakening and discovery for me. As a clinician, I, you know, my heart is still in treating patients and I still work in the clinic. Uh, but I think uh, it was a great opportunity for me to start exploring a brand new area of science. And, and that curiosity is always what keeps me uh, enthused and engaged and, and veterinary medicine has been a wonderful uh, profession because it, it allows me to employ that. We're definitely part of a very diverse profession and it's really great that you found your niche. Thank you, Dr. McKenzie. You can read Dr. McKenzie's full manuscripts in JAVMA and AJVR on our new journal website. I'm Dr. Sarah Wright, joined by Dr. Lisa Fortier. We want to thank each of you for joining us on this episode of Veterinary Vertex Podcast. We love sharing cutting edge veterinary research with you and we want to hear from you. Be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen to. Until next time, take care and we'll see you soon.